Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bojack Horse Pod Presents Tuka and Bird Pod. Today, we will be talking about season two, episode six of Tuka and Birdie, The Moss. I'm your host, Kirsten McKinnis, joined as always by my lovely co host, Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? I'm doing great. Coming to you from a new recording situation, new apartment. Whoa. I can't believe you moved and you didn't even like tell the horse girls it was coming. <laughs> yeah, it happened. I don't know how well it's going to translate. I don't like I don't hear anything right now. Kirsten, we often talk about how we can sometimes hear pitter patter of little feet above you. Now I have little feet above me as well, but hopefully no one will hear it. It'll be fine. I mean, and if you do, I'm sorry, but this is what <laughs> happens when you are listening to a podcast of two millennials. We have to live in communal situations. <laughs> And we're going to have neighbors, and sometimes that comes with noise. And if you can't take the heat, get out of the fire. Yes, that's right. That's right. And we don't want to hear about it, but I know the horse girls wouldn't tell us anyway. And if they did, I would simply stop knowing how to read. <laughs> yes, but otherwise, very, very nice apartment. Very happy with the move. Yeah, it seems like it's a massive upgrade in mm-hmm. many ways. Yes, yes. Very, very good. Happy about it. Way fewer spiders here. Oh, that is a huge upgrade. <laughs> we love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you know that we're a top 35 podcast in Japan? I did not. I think I saw that we were shrouding in Poland or something. Mm. Oh, we're number 11 in Venezuela. Ooh, hello, TV Venezuela. Reviews. Hello, Venezuela. 14 in Bulgaria. Number 10 in Panama. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. We are the number six TV review podcast in Cambodia and Madagascar. Oh my god. We're very popular. <laughs> horse girls all over the world. Oh my god. Shout out to the horse girls in La- Latvia who put us number 14 in their podcast charts and <laughs> Lithuania who got us to number 10. Wow. Do you think when Netflix inevitably dies, that it will be good for BoJack HorsePod because people will be like, oh, remember that show that was on that Netflix thing that got canceled? Or do you think that no one will ever find BoJack ever again? <laughs> Thankfully, no matter what, they will have us to guide them through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, wow. I didn't know so many double and single digi placements. Yeah. Incredible. I didn't know either. I had no clue. I just went to look if we had any new reviews. Yeah. There you and go. I saw the charts you know what kirsten i think i've just had a realization i'm pretty sure not this episode but next week i think will be our 100th episode what are we gonna do well, i don't know i guess we're gonna talk about to birdie do we have to do anything special for it uh, i don't know people can write in and tell us if they want us to do something special i feel like this one's gonna come out and we're gonna have a tight turnaround recording the next <laughs> one yeah, that's true. Yeah, we currently have 98 episodes published. This will oh be number God. 99. And then, yeah, next week, number 100. Oh, my God. Weird. Mm-hmm. I love it. Congratulations. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. We'll celebrate if, properly next week. But <laughs> What if this is our last podcast? Oh, my God. don't hit syndication? It's like that Betty White thing where they were like, Betty White turns 100. And then she died right before. I saw a TikTok that someone made where they were pretending to be like an angel. And they were like, hey, I brought you the 
the that old woman you wanted and they were like no we wanted the queen of england not <laughs> betty white and it was like a mistake oh uh, that's good <laughs> i'm not gonna talk about it on my main pop culture podcast but someone left a one-star review on that podcast because they're claiming that the royal family is not racist <laughs> an incredible take <laughs> and i was just like what <laughs> Yeah, that's the only reaction you can have. I I don't understand it. We choose not yeah. to perceive it. <laughs> they were mad that they said we had a bias, woke, messy, anti-royal dribble. Mm. I am anti-royal. Yeah. Because they are an institution of colonialism racism. and slavery <laughs> and racism and m- pretty much all the bads. Mm-hmm. So don't let that person hear you. <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do. Uh, should we tell the people what time it is? Yes. Scally. Scally, lead us in. What time is it? It is 6.15 p.m. on Wednesday, February 1st in the Pacific time zone. 9.15 p.m. on Wednesday, February 1st in New York. 2.15 a.m. on Thursday, the 2nd in London, and 10.15 a.m. on Thursday, the 2nd in Hong Kong. And that's what time it is right now. So already Groundhog Day in parts of the world. Oh, my God. Incredible. I wonder yeah. if they're stuck in a loop. Yeah. It's only one way to find out. Oh, no. Mm. What <laughs> days is it? <laughs> what days is it? Okay, so this podcast is coming out on Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. It is E-Day, which is a math day because E is like a constant mm-hmm. in math. Mm-hmm. 2.718281828, et cetera. Sure. There was a time in my life where I think I would have known that, but that time has not been with me in a number of years. <laughs> it's used for logarithms and exponential growth. Mm-hmm. First year calculus would have been my last time knowing that, probably. I don't even know if I used it in first year calculus. Yeah. In theory. years ago. How did I get this old? What's happening? Oh, ew. Don't say that to me. (laughs) Someone at my work today, I guess, was like, oh, yeah, this person's old. They were born in 1987. And my sister, (laughs) born in 1988, was horrified. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No good. Sorry, mm. Hazel. I do not condone the views of that coworker, <laughs> who is also 22 years old. Uh, an infant. So, like, I feel like when I was 22, I, you know, probably thought that, like, a 36-year-old was old. <laughs> yeah, I probably did, too, to be honest. I felt like I was going to be one foot in the grave by then, probably. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. still feel that way today about 30. <laughs> Because I feel like I must have one foot in the grave. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's ballet day. All right. How do we feel about the ballet? I mean, I've been to the ballet once and I did, in fact, fall asleep. <laughs> what about you? I also have been once and almost fell asleep. <laughs> to be fair, when I went, I had just done an all-nighter writing a paper and then wrote a final exam. So, like, sure. I was very Not tired. the right time. Yeah. But classical music puts me out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not the right time. And also, it's a sleepy event anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
As long as you're not like snoring loud enough to disrupt the performance, I think that's fine. I think so. It is Black HIV and AIDS Awareness Day. Okay. So important. It is February is Black History Month. So I yes. this is obviously going to be when we get the most holidays that are specifically targeted to the black community. Yes. It's National Fettuccine Alf- Alfredo Day. All right. I support that. I think you probably I don't. Don't like Alfredo. Yeah, that sounds right. I do. And it's good that I don't because it one of the main ingredients is Parmesan cheese, which is not vegetarian. So wait, what? Parmesan cheese is made using rennet, which is like the stomach of a sheep. I had no idea. We've never talked about this? I don't think so. I feel like I am constantly informing people about Parmesan cheese not being vegetarian. <laughs> Yeah, it came up when I started typing it in. Parmesan cheese is never vegetarian. I think the craft one in the like the powdery one is. Yeah. Because it's not real <laughs> Parmesan cheese. Yeah, that sounds right. At least I hope so, because I've been eating that one my whole life. Mm-hmm. How to make vegan Parmesan cheese. Ingredients. Nutritional yeast, sea salt, garlic powder, and raw cashews. No. <laughs> like it's nutritional just... yeast and salt and pepper and lots of things and they're always like yeah it's gonna make it cheesy it's like all right fine i don't think it does make it cheesy because i like nutritional yeast mm-hmm. and i don't like cheese <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah fair it's national periodic table day to all the scientists out there Woo. <laughs> yeah. side note i submitted my thesis proposal today big day <gasps> Big day for women in STEM. Okay. That's right. That's right. Okay, Lindsay. <laughs> I texted one of my friends who is just finishing their PhD, and I was like, so now I'm officially like not even close to done, whereas before I was unofficially not even close to done. So progress. Today was your 100th day with a crossword, no? Yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yes, because I usually do the one for the next day in the evening because I have a sickness. Mm. But I did take a screenshot. (laughs) Post it on the Twitter. (laughs) She did it. You won't be able to see this probably. Hold on. Let me me unblur myself. Ooh, okay. Nevertheless, she persisted. You can't read that. 100 days. You solved the puzzle in 1259. That seems absurdly fast to finish a New York Times crossword puzzle. I mean, it was a Tuesday one. Yeah, but, like, I don't think I could finish any crossword puzzle in 12 minutes and 59 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Tuesday's not so hard. Talk to me on a Saturday. My numbers are not as good. My Sunday one took me 43 minutes. But that's a Sunday. Yeah. I feel like doing the Sunday in under an hour is a huge accomplishment. Saturday was 25 minutes and 23 seconds. Average time Sunday New York Times crossword. The top solvers can solve the Sunday Times in 8 to 12 minutes. Good God. And ordinary people cannot finish it at all. <laughs> 8 to 12 minutes. That's terrible. Yeah. I feel like that's a joyless experience probably. The Sunday one is supposed to be the same level as Thursday. And Saturday is supposed to be the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's smaller. I don't know. I think do you doing the Saturday one in 25 minutes is extremely good. Did you see Thank the, you. like, giant New York Times crossword that was, like... The Christmas one? I heard yeah. about it. 
Did you yeah. do it? No, I didn't. I This was my first year ever hearing about it. And I heard that the Globe and Mail also has one. And apparently people like it's a Christmas family tradition for wholesome wasps, I assume. I, yeah, it's got to be wasps because I've never <laughs> heard of it until this year when I saw someone posted a picture online of their sister doing it and was like, mm. my sister is so like gloriously offline. She's just been doing this pu- crossword puzzle for two days. She doesn't <laughs> even know like what the internet is. And then everyone on Twitter, of course, was like, wow, the privilege to not have to pay attention to current events. <laughs> like oh my god (laughs) i think the person who's doing a crossword for two days straight is exactly the type of person who's going to pay attention to current events yeah (laughs) oh my god incredible it's just so bad (laughs) yeah it's well this is like did you see the controversy last year where it was like someone talked about how the best part of their life is that they have coffee with their husband in the garden every day and they just talk I think you pointed this out to me and people were like, how nice not to have a job or something. I was like, she never said she didn't have a job. She just said Mm -hmm. she has coffee with her husband and they talk about like their lives. I don't know. Yeah, people were pissed. And then I remember someone had commented something to the effect of like, why are you rubbing my face in it that you're happy and I'm miserable and alone? That is a different thing. That is because somebody left a review of Mess Magnets where they were like, please, Sasha and Kirsten, stop talking about your boyfriend and husband. Uh-huh, yes. Because it hurts me personally. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe that's how um, we got onto it in the first place. It's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, it's National Rose Day. Okay. So it's, again, the first holiday during Valentine's Week, a week dedicated oh to love that leads up to and culminates with the Valentine's Day. No, I forgot about Valentine's Week. Oh, stop the madness. Wow. How <laughs> special that we are releasing a podcast on the first day of Valentine's Week and on Valentine's Day itself this year. We couldn't have oh planned God. it better. Incredible. Truly oh, incredible. You're, you're so upset about Valentine's Week again. Uh, I forgot how much I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> It is send a card to a friend day, which I assume is like because you're going to send Valentine's to your Mm, friend. Probably. Got a lovely Christmas card from my good friend Kirsten this year. In like January because it (laughs) took over a week for a Christmas card to make it from Victoria Mm -hmm. to Vancouver. (laughs) The last holiday for today is wave all your fingers at your neighbor's day. I think it means you're supposed to wave at your neighbor's. But, like, I don't know why. I think maybe sometimes people wave without moving their fingers. Maybe. I don't know. Celebrate the day by waving and saying hello to all your neighbors. It's especially important to wave to those you dislike or don't get along with. It's not an empty gestured holiday. It is your wave should be sincere. Perhaps this will help you forge a new friendship or at least a truce with the neighbors you do not see eye to eye with and have been only waving at with a few fingers. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like if a neighbor that I didn't like waved at me, I would interpret that in a very passive-aggressive way. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, what today, Karen? <laughs> exactly. But yes, those are the holidays. Ooh. A wide assortment. Yes. And so the moss. Tuca and Bernie. Ber- Bernie. Bernie, <laughs> season two, episode six. The synopsis is a new landlord, a rent increase. Not today, gentri- gentrifier. Tuca and Bernie battle a mysterious new apartment manager while Speckle races to finish building his dream house. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd kind of forgotten about the dream house where 
we kind of left off with like the end of season one with them being like, oh, where, where are we? Speckles making me this house, but are we still together? I don't know. And then we haven't spent a ton of time there since. Yeah. So I guess he's been quietly renovating over the past several months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost ready to move into. And then it like cuts to it and it's just a tarp roof. <laughs> yeah. There's no, I do. And I don't think that Speckle is qualified to put a roof on. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Although it is possible, I mean, I actually think pretty much any dummy can get a job roofing. Like, I'm sure that there's, like, the actual qualified roofers that are, like, running the teams and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like they, at some point, just need labor. And so they'll mm-hmm. just hire anyone, like, off the street that can, like, use a nail gun. That's possible. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. I don't think I'd even thought about it where, like, he's doing all of the work throughout this entire episode. Mm-hmm. He seems to be doing everything himself. I mean, a lot of people do their own renovations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Other, But so for this episode, did you like it? Did you hate it? What did you think? Definitely didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was a little heavy handed at the end, but in a way that's important where, like, by the end of it, they're talking a lot about gentrification and like this neighborhood is going to be so much better if it has all the people in it and it's allowed to have diversity. And like, of course, that's all important and true. And as someone who lives in an extremely gentrified area, I can't speak to that too much in terms of my role, but I think it's very important to think about. But yeah, I don't know. What did you think? I have been railing against gentrification for years. I think like even in like dumb ways, like something small would happen and I'd be like, Wow, the gentrifiers. And like, mm-hmm. I literally, my last apartment in Calgary was I was renting a condo in a building in a neighborhood that has a like 10 or 20 year like beautification campaign is mm-hmm. like happening to turn like an old warehouse district into like this beautiful, trendy, like adjacent to downtown neighborhoods. So, like, it's one of those things where we live in a society and therefore we must participate in a society, mm-hmm. but I hate gentrification mm-hmm. so much with a passion. Yeah, when I lived in Toronto a couple of years ago, I was living in this neighborhood called Parkdale and so many people were always like, oh, it's like one of the only neighborhoods in Toronto that hasn't been gentrified. I was like, pardon me, if I just like go down the street, they are selling croissants for like $7. So <laughs> pretty sure this place is getting heavily gentrified. And yeah, maybe it's like a little less so than some other places, but it's happening for sure. Absolutely. It ha- it's unfortunately happens everywhere. But I also think a lot of people that do not have a problem with gentrification pretend that they do in mm-hmm. the interest of like preventing development and having like more mm-hmm. dense neighborhoods which yes, is definitely so fucked up in my view mm-hmm. it's something that i notice a lot living in victoria i'm sure you notice it in vancouver too mm-hmm. it is a not in my backyard 100%. type of city where There's literally a housing crisis and there are so many people that are homeless and being homeless, like period should not be a thing. But even then, like you look at the excuses people used to be like, oh, well, like people don't want to work, blah, blah, blah. No, there's people with full time jobs that literally are homeless here because there is nowhere for them to go to Mm -hmm. at like a rate that their salary can afford. It's a crisis. And all these rich majority white old fucks are like well but if you put three townhouses on that lot instead of one giant home it would ruin the neighborhood 
Yeah. yeah, no, I am very much in a neighborhood where that is happening all the time, where people talk out of both sides of their mouths, or they're like, I simply can't abide to see homelessness, and I don't want homeless people around my home. But also, how dare you try to put up any sort of housing, any sort of density, it will damage my view. It's like, really, you just don't want to look at poor people. Let's be clear, you just don't want them anywhere near you. Like- well, I remember we talked about a property in Vancouver that was supposed to go up that was going to have like affordable housing in it. Mm-hmm. And like the neighborhood was just like, absolutely mm-hmm. not. there's so much of that still going on where it's just like, no, we can't have this. The view. And it's like, God forbid, you should have to look less at the mountains in exchange for thousands of people having a place to live. If you, and if you have so much money, go to the fucking mountains. Exactly. Go to the beach. Or just walk around the other side. It's going to be fine. It's, I don't know. I, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. Well, Tough at least we've cemented people. ourselves as very firmly anti-gentrification yes i feel like i am contributing to the problem in living in these bougie neighborhoods but here we are i mean it's not like there's a non-bougie neighborhood for you to go to (laughs) where the rent is different than where you are right now Mm -hmm. yeah well that's exactly right like that's the other thing too people be like oh if you don't like it just leave and it's like well (laughs) people can't just leave Mm mm-hmm I overheard someone in downtown Victoria like two weeks ago being like, I don't understand how you even have homeless people in a place like this. Just like put them on a boat and send them back where they came from. And I was like, I was just like, what? Excuse? Like, what? where do you, these, the the homeless people here are from here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure some of them aren't, aren't originally, but like, I don't know. It just drives the way people talk about other living breathing humans Humans. that are just literally (laughs) trying to get by it makes me sick to my stomach Mm -hmm. yeah very bad vancouver and like it is such a problem where it's like the amount of income inequality is so striking here in a way that like absolutely i'd seen it in toronto and i'd seen it in ottawa but like here is just like the richest of the rich people and Mm -hmm. then like an absolute public health crisis emergency in the downtown east side of vancouver where it's just like how do we let humans live like this and not do anything about it and then at the same time it's like there are literally houses you can see not that far from here that are 12 million dollars for sale it's like okay this seems reasonable well i mean in vancouver like you'll see people paying a million dollars for a teardown 100 percent, yeah it's Mm -hmm very 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 stark and i'm sure like toronto things have probably gotten worse over the last like couple years yeah. since you moved as well mm-hmm. um yeah. COVID didn't but help except these corporations <laughs> who seem to be recording record high profits even amongst laying off thousands of workers so weird how it's inflation when we can't afford to buy things but it is <laughs> record profits on the other side of mm-hmm. the belt it's so weird yeah so weird are we just like old ladies yelling at a cloud right now it's i think possible. we've gone <laughs> we've just gotten outraged this is how i feel about the world and mm-hmm. i think first and can pretty feel like that too <laughs> yes well kind of i feel first and foremost we should help people so yes it's fine so the start of the episode everyone in the building get is getting a notice of a rent increase. There is a new property manager for the building, a new owner, and everyone's rent is going up 25%. 
Yeah, absolutely brutal. And while this is going on, there is a scene where Bertie and Speckle are having sex and they see moss on the wall and then it cuts to Tuca and she's showering and there's moss in the shower and she's using it as a towel. It's like something's weird. And then they get these notices. Yeah, 25%. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, Speckle and Bertie are having sex throughout the building, like on the balcony, on the stairs. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I'm just like, this is not appropriate behavior. Mm-mm. No, no good. I'm surprised that Bertie's down for this. It's exciting. Yes, so. Maybe. I don't know. But yes, yeah, so tw- if I got a 25% rent increase handed me to me today, I genuinely don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. Because there's nowhere else also for me to go. Yeah. So I would just have to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this horrible, gross vulture guy, Bruce, he's like, I've been priced out of this building. And like, that is his situation. He's like, I simply can't afford it. So I guess I'm going to leave. Yeah. And his unit is like getting renovated while he's not even done moving out Mm -hmm. and we see the new tenant coming she comes in to like take pictures and measurements and it's like this young 20 something like worker who's like oh my god this building is so cute (laughs) she brought matcha cupcakes because it's nice to meet (laughs) you why can't you but why not bring a normal cupcake her name is tyler her name is tyler and she does not have an actor listed on the imdb or mm-hmm. the wikipedia because also the tuka and birdie wiki is not updated th- for mm-hmm. season two at all and season three isn't even on the wiki <laughs> are we no. gonna have to start updating this damn thing god forbid i don't have the time <laughs> yeah Tuka threw out this whole thing anytime that tyler appears on screen she's like quit being nice to the gentrifier and she's always gonna call her the gentrifier through the whole episode honestly as she should because mm-hmm. that is a gentrifier <laughs> yeah she keeps me like oh my god this neighborhood is so authentic <laughs> it's so weird dapper dog was very distressed about the loss of their existing landlord and doesn't understand why anyone else is not sad and then he's like, oh, my God, could this be our domicile's latest proprietor? And it's this bear woman who is there to be the facilitator between the tenants and the new property owner. Yes, but she's not the property owner because the property is moss. Like, right. like <laughs> cannot communicate, cannot say yes or no. It's moss. Green and pervasive, interested in continued growth. But also, like, how is the moss telling her how much to increase the rent it seems like maybe she is the problem yeah a little bit (laughs) yeah and then that's where we discover that speckle and birdie are like well we definitely can't afford to pay the mortgage on this house and also our rent if it's going up by 25 percent. which like (laughs) boo-hoo yeah you had two homes (laughs) you're paying for two homes i don't feel so bad for them for everyone else in the building I feel quite bad for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a very sympathetic stance. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, everyone is upset about the rent. And Tuka says that she is going to do something about it because she's going to go talk to the mayors of Birdtown. Mm-hmm. Mayor Tim Tam. Mayor also, Tim Tam. Very funny here where Tyler comes up and she's like, oh my God, we could have a roof party. Let's hang up some bistro lights. And then Tuka's like, get out of here, gentrifier. She's like, but that wood looks super pretty. <laughs> yeah. And then she puts up the bistro lights like from her yes. brain. Yeah. And Bertie's not at this thing because she and Speckle are like looking at the new house. And Bertie's like, oh my God, you don't have to make this house the way I want it. You should just follow all of your impulses. Follow all of your impulses. Because Speckle's other thing is that he 
feels very constrained in his work as an architect mm-hmm. and that by having to follow people's instructions it is really stopping him here yeah mayor tim tam so mm-hmm. it's the two of them they're twins and they both ran for mayor and they tied so they get to both be mayor and so we have tamarin toucan is voted is voiced by devine joy randolph Okay, so her top on IMDb is Dolomite is my name. The Lost City, which she would play the assistant in Lost City, and it was very, very funny. She's in the new Puss in Boots, People of Earth, the TV series, and a lot of voice acting credits as well. And it doesn't look like she was in Bojack, but she was in one episode of Veep. Yeah. There you so, go. Yeah, Devine Joy Randall, very funny. She does a great job in her little cameo in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then the other twin, Timberine, is voiced by Okeda Ite, Onao Dewan. He goes by yes. Oak as well. And people may know him from playing Hercules Mulligan and James Madison in Hamilton originally, as well as he was on Station 19 as Dean Miller, Grey's Anatomy as Dean Miller, and he was in the A Quiet Place Part 2. He has done a lot of acting as well, and he's super talented. He was in one episode of Bojack, so we've definitely talked about him before. All right, good. I like that they're Tamarind and Timberine, which is where the Tim Tam comes from. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out that they're Tuka's siblings. Yes, they are Tuka's siblings, and they are very mad at her because she did not vote in the election that resulted in a tie. So <laughs> like one vote wouldn't like, have made a difference. It's like literally it would have. It was a tie. <laughs> Wouldn't they have done a runoff, though? Yeah, true, maybe. But yeah, they're like destroying the building through this entire scene, and they won't stop wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, they hate each other and they just always fight. And basically, between the two of them, nothing will ever get done because they will always, like, stop each other from doing what they would do on their own. Yes, we'll continue canceling each other out. No pain, no gain. That's a Tim Tam promise. Horrible. Mm-hmm. And But while they're fighting, they basically expose to Tuka the theory of a building being noted as, like, a historical landmark. And then it would be rent-controlled. Yes. And she's like, oh, that's a very helpful little piece of trivia. <laughs> so weird because they're like, we won't help you. And then they just like, while fighting, give her the answer she needs. So she goes to Dapper Dog, mm-hmm. who by this point is voiced by John Early, by the way. I know that in early oh. episodes, Dapper Dog goes Raphael Bob Walksburg, but. Yeah, I've always is... just assumed oh, that well, bums me out. <laughs> I mean, according to IMDb is John Early, which Raphael Boxberg himself would say that that doesn't mean anything. So it is also possible that I'm lying to you. <laughs> and that is yeah. still him. Maybe we can ask him someday. <laughs> nope. We'll never know. Are you still Dapper Dog? (laughs) If you're listening, RB Dub, I'm sorry to insult you in this way. And if (laughs) you're not, then you'll never hear this. So no worries. No worries. But yeah, so Dapper Dog is the person who's lived there the longest. So we can get the information on if something historical ever happened in the building. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's like reminiscing about when he first moved in. And it turns out this Patricia Ramsey lived in the building and it Mm -hmm. is the same apartment in which Tuca currently lives. Yes. And Patricia Ramsey is voiced by Maria Bamford, who we have definitely already talked about. 
Right. Good. I think. But we have talked about her in Bojack Horseman because she's Kelsey Jannings, of course. Oh, incredible. Yes, I was like, production. I know I know this name now. Like, I know <laughs> I've seen this, like, headshot on IMDb. Yes. That's such a good face. She's got that face. Mm-hmm. She is a peacock yes. who wrote, like, basically, like, Stephen King-type novels. Like, what if a car was haunted? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I liked that a lot. I laughed so, so hard when, like, the name of the book is basically the plot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they, like, summon her ghost through a seance, and she's like, oh, my God, like, I'm not actually dead. I was just driving, and now people are going to think my car went evil. And then she's like, yeah, I wrote the first draft of what if a car was evil on the walls of this apartment. Yes, and also they channel her spirit using, like, a teenager who lives in the building to do the witchy stuff. Mm-hmm. And this teenager has, like a ton of posters of birdie on her wall that she just like really loves birdie which i laughed really hard at this bit (laughs) i just think you're so cool (laughs) do you think that they actually think birdie's cool or are they making fun of her i don't know i was trying to read into that too because initially i was like oh my god she's obsessed with birdie and then when she says it like that i was like oh i can't tell she's being ironic which is the problem that birdie constantly has yeah i've never felt more like birdie than in that moment because i was like hmm I worry that they don't think she's cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's terrible. I did really laugh when you said, like, so you laughed at her saying she wrote, what if a car was evil? I really laughed when she was, like, writing on the walls is the spookiest way to write. Yeah, that it's was true. also very fun. Everything <laughs> with this ghost of Patricia made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, But, yes, we find out that she wrote the first draft of the book on the walls of Tuca's apartment. So this is it. They figured it out. Something historic happened. Mm-hmm. The building is saved, yes, but not quite. At last. Yeah, no. So That's they get apartment. <laughs> yeah, they get the historical society person to come, and only Tuka's apartment is protected. Everyone else is going to face the 25% increase. We also see that they have now implemented an absolutely zero tolerance for pets policy. Mm-hmm. So the dap like the jaguars moving out and all of the turtles from That's so sad. the apartment made me so sad. Yeah, and Draco looks so sad. She's just weeping as she comes back up the stairs. Ugh, I hated it. To be in a situation where I have to get rid of my pets because mm-hmm. I don't have anywhere else to go, I can't imagine. I just they would they I wouldn't do it. I they mm-hmm. I would rather be on the streets with them than in a <laughs> warm house without them. Mm-hmm. so Adorable. i can't i can't imagine how that would feel for for Jenka. yeah i hate it stupid moss yeah stupid moss. And i also i just feel like in a situation like this the people that are already there are like grandfathered in with yes. the pets in yes. in normal life yeah agreed you can't just um, be like no you no longer can have this jaguar that wears reading glasses like, the last apartment I lived in, all of the new tenants, myself included, had to sign an, a, a part of our lease that said that it was no smoking in our suites and it's a non-smoking mm-hmm. property. But people that had been living there since, like, the 80s were allowed to smoke in their apartments. Right. <laughs> because it was not against their lease agreement. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, it's like, you get grandfathered in with stuff. Yeah, it's a tough look for Tuka here where she's just like jazzed about the fact that she doesn't have a rent increase and she's just like, well, not my problem. Birdie's like, why don't you care about any of the other tenants or me? Why doesn't, well, but Birdie only cares because she wants to be able to continue to afford two homes. 
Yeah, because we have stayed on the Tuka storyline, but as when we get back to the birdie one, we'll see that she's like, I don't think I can live in this house, Speckle. So, yes, I guess, yeah, just to finish up the Speckle of it all and birdie, mm-hmm. Speckle has gone absolutely insane with his choices. Nothing works. Nothing goes together. It is horrible. And he absolutely needs someone to rein him in. And it's no good. Yeah. No, he says that he was having a really hard time choosing things. He's like, I have so many great ideas. So I just decided to use them all at once. I really loved when Birdie is like, wow, this like spiral staircase with rainbow steps definitely doesn't look like an infinite descent into madness. (laughs) <laughs> her like her arm like pops off a little bit <laughs> yeah. yeah and then um, he's like obsessed with this clear toilet that he's installed in the bathroom and Bertie's is like absolutely not i'm calling it here no to all of this this is very bad yeah like you have to make some changes i don't know mm-hmm. where they have all of the money to renovate this but i guess we do find out at the end Mm-hmm. finally speckles like okay well you can you just choose a doorknob for our new home together and she picks mm-hmm. one and he's like it's only the nicest doorknob in the world let me get on the plane and then i'll call you when i <laughs> land and then i'll call you after the boat and then the trek and so he's gonna go on some sort of very extravagant journey to go find this doorknob and that's how the episode ends for yes, them he, he gets down on one knee to do this and it's like choose the doorknob did you think he was going to propose? I did. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that would be very we- ill-advised at this point in their relationship. Yes, after this long to get down on one knee and then be like, it's a doorknob. He does do it quickly, so he gets it over with. But I'm surprised Bertie's not like, what is happening? I don't think Bertie expects to be proposed to, though. Mm, true. Yeah. So I think that it's okay. It's really never come up. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about like an how an anxiously attached person like lives their life like Mm -hmm. i'm never living my life with an expectation of things to progress yes (laughs) last night i had a dream where i was talking to my boyfriend asking him if he loves me platonically or romantically (laughs) like and then i woke up and i was like i had a dream where i was asking if you love me like romantically and he's like and what happened i was like i didn't get the answer so i'm gonna need you to say it now and he was like i love you romantically (laughs) oh my god it's too much (laughs) yeah no like that's just how people like me operate so birdie's never expecting a proposal yeah no i had the realization that so cam and i at this point have been together for like four years almost oh wow i am still anytime i talk about marriage i always couch it in a lot of layers of like i mean if that happened (laughs) it's like why am i still like this i'm like i don't want you to think i'm coming on too strong even though we live together (laughs) that's so funny did you feel like did you feel like the tuka song was specifically her singing to you i gotta tell you i don't remember there being a song so I wrote down most of the lyrics, which was Tuka in her kitchen going, I'm eating an egg and I don't mind eating another bird's oh, baby. Do your research. Yes. I'm a toucan. We eat other birds' eggs. <laughs> yes, I did feel like that was coming for me. But I feel like it actually reinforces my point. Mm-hmm. She ate her own egg was when it was really <laughs> fucked up. It seems like this was in response to people being so horrified. <laughs> well, yeah, but like. Again, that was her own egg. Do two cans mm-hmm. eat their own eggs? I don't know. Eat their own eggs. They raid other birds' nests and eat their eggs and nestlings. Oh, and nestlings. Oh, God. Yeah, they fetus birds and baby birds. Wow. I'm going to message 
Omer from Survivor 42 right now. Look and at say, you. What a flex. Do <laughs> toucans eat their own eggs or just other birds? I'm going to say SOS. Do toucans <laughs> eat their own eggs or just other birds? Help. He's a bird veterinarian and exotic <laughs> animal vet, so he'll know That's the true. answer for real. That's right. Hopefully we get a response while recording, but I don't think we will because it is 10 o'clock in the East Coast. <laughs> but yeah, so Tuki eats an egg and we all have complicated moral feelings about it. Not just me, everyone. <laughs> and while she's like eating, she starts to feel bad. Like, oh, she really should be looking out for the other people in her building. So she goes out of her way to try and find something that would be a historical event in each suite so that everyone can get the protection. Yeah, she's inspired by the Patricia Ramsey ghost who is like, the displacement will keep happening all around us. And that's the spookiest story of them all. And now I'm going back to hell for realsies. Yeah, back to hell mm-hmm. where she belongs. She loves it there. I, she's a horror author. Of course she does. And so Tuka goes around. She, What are some of the historical events that she brings up? She says, this is where Dapper Dog rehearsed his one-man show. This is where Draca acquired her, I want to say, like, 78th turtle or something, setting a yeah, record. she had the uh, most turtles in the bird town, which I think actually probably counts as, like, a historical event. I think so. Yeah. And then the girl who did the seance, they're like, this is where she first told her dad to F off. And then the dad is like, that's when I knew she was no longer my little girl. She was my rude, grown woman. <laughs> I laughed really hard at that, too. Yeah, that was really good. (laughs) But the historical society lady is like, sorry, none of that stuff meets the expectation to become a historical site. Mm -hmm. So only Tuka's apartment will remain that way. And the moss overtakes, like, the whole rest of the building except for Tuka's apartment. And it's, like, then the whole city, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the moss has no soul, so there's no movement on that front. It is not moved by Duca's plea, and so people are just, like, moving out, and Draca... I did really like to see that Draca is hiding the jaguar and the turtles in her bathroom. Well, yeah, that's what people do, like... Yeah, reunited. You can't just not have your jaguar and turtles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although, shouldn't... Couldn't they stay at Tuca's house because she is a historical site? Yeah, True. I don't know. I wish historical sites couldn't have increases in rent. Yeah, agreed. Because that would mean my apartment would have like 1980s rent. <laughs> That'd be good. Victoria, BC, 1980s rent. I would love to see how much housing cost. Oh my God, the average price of a single family home in 1980 was under $100,000 in Greater Victoria. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I want to be dead. (laughs) Even in 2003, when this graph ends, the average cost of a single family home in Victoria was like 350,000. Oh my God. Yeah. And now the average value for a single family home was 1.2 million in December, 2021. Mm -hmm. And it has only gone up. Yeah. Don't like that. Tough out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you understand the end of this? Birdie was like, I'm going to stay with Tuka until the house is done. And it seems like she's not 
wanting to be with Speckle right now? Like, is are we supposed to read into this? I didn't read into it because the house is not done and Speckle is also going on like a trek across the world. True, true. So I about the to trek. me, I was like, okay, well, obviously Birdie would stay with Tuca because speckle is gone and she has nowhere else to go yes no i completely forgot about the track so that yeah that's good good i'm reassured but i mean i don't know maybe we are supposed to read into it i didn't but i'm maybe i'm dumb no i think you're correct and i just forgot and then the moss is closing in at the end and it's very heavy (laughs) yeah on like the whole town Mm -hmm. yeah and the post credit scene is bruce has reclaimed the clear toilet and draws a heart on it because he loves it yeah, it's gross. I'm yeah, glad he's gone. Gross. Yep. But yeah, and that's that's the episode. We did it. We did it. We have a couple emails. Hey. One is from Christina, and Christina was just asking us if we were ever coming back, and yes, we are back. Hello, Christina. We're back, baby. <laughs> and then the other one is from someone named Nora. Who says, I've been a horse girl for about a year now, and this is my first time writing in. Hello, Nora. I have some thoughts on nighttime, friend. Oh, okay. Tuka's abusive relationship with her auntie is played into in this episode, and Tuka getting power of attorney seems to be a form of love bombing. As soon as Tuka does something she doesn't like, she intentionally makes her feel bad about herself. And Kara saying that what she likes about Tuka is that she, quote, loves her anyway, is a major red flag to me and makes me worry that Kara will take advantage of Tuka's forgiving nature in the same way. Anyway, you're awesome, and I will be definitely be writing in again. Uh, I so. <laughs> totally agree with what you're saying about Tallulah, but I am just curious what she saw in Kara. Kara, I definitely am nervous about. I feel like we're getting so many mixed messages from her and she's so inconsistent. I hadn't noticed the loves her anyway thing, but I definitely agree with that, that that can definitely be a manipulative thing to say of like, you still love me even though I do all these bad things. And that's like putting a value on you as a forgiving mm-hmm. person that can trap you in a way where you're like, oh, no, I have to forgive them for all their bad behavior because that's who I am as a good person who forgives, which you don't. You're still a good person. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I can definitely see that. I'm interested to see where the Kara yeah. thing is going because I am I nervous feel about it. Like everything we've seen from Kara is that she gives mixed messages and is ambiguous about her intentions. Mm hmm. But I don't know if I've seen enough to think, oh, she's a bad actor. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll find out. But we will find out, I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully soon. I'm interested to see more of this relationship. I can see in your eyes you've watched ahead. No, I haven't. But I have read ahead that I think there's a, I think next week's synopsis said something like Tuka's really into her new relationship or something like that. Okay. I have watched ahead a little bit. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, How far ahead? Maybe like two episodes ahead. Dang. All right. Good. But I if I am a professional. I can't just like let you know <laughs> where I am in the series. It's true. I appreciate that. But yes, I'm very excited to talk about the next episode. And with that, do we have anything else to That's cover? It. Amazing. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you would like to be part of the conversation, you can tweet us at BoJackHorsePod. You can email us BoJackHorsePod at gmail.com. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash BoJackHorsePod to help 
continue making this show possible as an indie podcast. And if you would like to hear more from Lindsay, you can hear her on the podcast of tomorrow talking Futurama, as well as The Simpsons then and now along with a myriad of things over on Post Show Recaps. And if you would like to hear from me, you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What. You can listen to Mess Magnets where I'm talking about trending topics and pop culture. And you can see me next week on the RHAP official Instagram page on February 13th. I will be taking it over all day at Rapgrams. And follow me on Twitch at Kristen said what we'll be back next week to talk about season two episode seven sleepovers and we will see you then bye